Lost and Sound is sponsored by Audio-Technica. Audio-Technica are a global but still family-run company that make headphones, turntables, cartridges, microphones, studio-quality yet affordable products because they believe that high-quality audio should be accessible to all. And I'm speaking to you right now wearing their M50X head headphones. They're for the studio, they're for every day. I speak to all my guests wearing them, including what you're about to hear on this episode. But whatever way you'd like to listen, head on over to audiotechnica.com to check out all of their range of stuff. Okay then, you ready for an episode? Welcome to Lost and Sound. Welcome to Lost and Sound. I'm Paul Hamford. I'm your host. I'm a writer, author and university lecturer based in Berlin, where I'm speaking to you now from. And this is the show where each episode I have conversations with the musical innovators, the outsiders, the mavericks, the artists that do their own unique thing. And we talk about music, creativity, life, the things that basically inspire us to make the things that we make. Previous guests have included Peaches, Suzanne Chiani, Jim O'Rourke, Chili Gonzalez, Hania Rani, Ghost Poet, Mickey Blanco, Sleaford Mods and Thurston Moore. And today on the show, I have a chat with Augustus Muller. Okay, so this is a short one today. Um, I hope you're doing really well. Uh, where I'm speaking to you right now from doing this little talky bit at the beginning is in Rosenthaler-Platz in central Berlin. Um, it's a little bit windy today, so I apologize if there's a little bit of wind noise over the microphone. But yes, I've just got back from a weekend away, a weekend holiday in, in the Baltics, right by the Baltic Sea. So I've still got a little bit of that holiday haze about me. And yeah, this is a short little interview today. Uh, this is a chat I had with Augustus Muller, Musician, producer, filmmaker, and film scorist. One half of Cult's electronic duo, Boy Harsha. And we spoke initially, we had this conversation initially, surrounding his score work, in particularly the album Cellulosed Bodies, which is a collection of two scores for short films, one called Crash and one called Automaton. And I originally got to know his work through Boy Harsha, particularly the track Pain, which went from being a cassette where only 69 copies were printed up of this cassette to being an underground global dance floor alternative dance floor smash. Um, And I think there's a real consistency that runs between the film score work he does and his work as one half of Boy Harsha. Boy Harsha, formed by Augustus with Jay Matthews when they met in film school in Savannah, Georgia, 
Georgia, the American Georgia, not the Georgia in Europe that is, um, over the last decade. And they developed a sound that's danceable, minimal, very physical, has touches of EBM, techno, cold wave, synth film scores that remind me of uh, like John Carpenter and Goblin and that kind of like VHS kind of aesthetic. So it sort of fits with this that Augustus would find like a sort of a a realm, a way of expressing himself through film scores. Um, So we got talking because of, of the score he had done for Cellulose Bodies, which is the collection of Crash and Automaton, two short films made for the Four Chambers Project, which is the uh, femme-centered experimental porn project of uh, artist Vex Ashley. And as as you can gather from what I'm saying, his if you're not familiar with his work, his work is is sort of like this intermingling, is intermeshing of of the body and the machine, of of analog sounding pulses and arpeggiators and and EBM beats and and VHS aesthetic with 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 all of the things that go with that. So it was a, it was a really good combination when I when I started listening to these soundtracks. It's a really good combination of sounds going on with it. So I was really really interested to talk with him about this and about his process. So, yes, we had this conversation about a week ago, uh, right at the end of September 2023. It's a short little one. And this is what happened. Hey. All right. We're doing it. How are you doing? You're right. Doing pretty good. Yeah. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Where Where am I speaking to you from? Where are you now? Yeah, so I just uh, landed in New York City. I'm I'm doing like a little sabbatical here for the next few weeks, trying to work on some new music. Amazing. So you're you're not from New York City, though, are you? No, I'm from a little town in Massachusetts called Northampton. Right. And so, is so, uh, do you find like getting away from Northampton is a good way to get inspiration? Is that is that like a way you go to to kind of get ideas and be in a different place? Honestly, I've never done it before. I like have been building my studio there for like the last 10 years. So I thought I like, you know, had the perfect setup there, but I, f- I don't know. I'm, I'm looking for some new inspiration. So that I would change things up a little bit. Nice. And is there like a particular way in the past you've sort of looked for inspiration? Do you look sort of at your surroundings and, and stuff or does it come from somewhere else? I think I just like kind of had a goal. I'd like kind of knew what I wanted to make you know, for the last 10 years, like there's been a song in my head that I've been trying to make. So it's just like, I didn't really need inspiration. I just like would go to the studio, try to make that song every time. Um, But yeah, you know, Boy Harsher has been a band for 10 years. So I feel like, yeah, I need to start trying something new. Amazing. So, so today we're, we're, you know, um, the album, it's a collection of two scores. Uh, Cellulosed Bodies is the collective name of it. Um, so that's kind of come out quite recently. And and can you tell me a little bit about how the score came about? Yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to do score and soundtracks and just like making music to to film and video. Um, Four Chambers is like a cool lead space company. I met Vex at a show of ours, like back in 2019. And just sort of like threw that idea out there, like, hey, I'd love to write something original. For you guys 
And then, yeah, a few months later, we started working on sort of the first iteration of that, which was an album I put out in 2020 called Machine Learning Experiments. Um, and then during kind of the COVID break in 2021, I did two more films. And what is the difference for you between doing a film score and working on Boy Harsher stuff or other work that is doesn't you know you're not you're not scoring to a medium i mean how do you, differently do you approach doing that yeah it's very different it's a collaboration i mean you're working with visuals and that's giving you the inspiration and that's giving you sort of like the framework of how to write music um and it could be tough because you're working with like a really tight deadline um, but it also makes you come up with things you never thought was possible you know sounds and like sort of genres that i hadn't tapped into yet like start start coming out of the woodwork and do you think because you're making something for someone else in a sense it kind of does give you this little bit of freedom in a way to experiment and try different things yeah definitely i mean i'm gonna make something that feels sincere to me that sounds like it's coming from like my personality um but yeah when you're working with visuals like you'll try something and it'll just sort of lock in with the visuals and like a way you didn't think was possible. Mm, that must be such a nice feeling when, when you know, maybe maybe you're just hoping it's going to work and then you see it locking in and you're going, that, that's the sort of synergy between film and music. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because it's like you, you'd listen to that track by itself and you're like, maybe that doesn't have it. But then it's like, yeah, this harmony with the visuals. And then it, I guess it's also the case of like hoping that the filmmaker or the director really likes it as well. And there must be this little moment of thinking, God, I think this works, but yeah, I yeah, really, yeah. really hope she does. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, it's like not ego driven, you know, the, mm. the music's definitely like in the backseat. With the stuff with Four Chambers, you know, I think the music plays a bigger role, but like on a feature film or like a narrative film, it's like, yeah, very much like sort of an afterthought. Mm. I mean, what's also interesting about the two scores for Crash and Automaton are the ones, um, they're, they're made by Four Chambers and they're kind of femme made and focused adult films. Um, they're very sexual and very provocative. Uh, was was this a, ch in a challenge in any way for you kind of approaching the material? No, not really. Um... Yeah. I mean, I took it pretty seriously. I was just like, I had it up on the monitor, you know, I'm writing to the tone, writing to the rhythm. Um, I, you know, Klaus Schultz had done some scores for, for porn and like Patrick mm. Cowley um, are like big influences on me. So like, I was just like pretty eager to sort of like join that, you know, collective. Yeah, and and I guess there's a a connection in terms of like rhythm and repetition with with porn and with electronic yeah, yeah, yeah. music as well. Was that something you dug into? Yeah, probably like too seriously, like you know, like <laughs> tapping out the tempo to like yeah, people fucking. So um, yeah, but it it was fun, and you know, I think I made something I'm proud of. Excellent. And did you base the tempo on the fucking as well? Oh yeah, definitely. I'd be like, oh yeah, we got to turn this down a little bit. Yeah. I'm kind of amping this up too much. Um, yeah. And the first time, like the first score I did, um, you know, there was like a cum shot and I just like really sort of like made it go too far. Like it just got like too emotional. It was like a hot, like a Hans Zimmer, like, like crescendo. And Vex was just like, yeah, like let's just tone it down a little bit. And I was like, all right. Yeah, totally. Totally. 
<laughs> we can be a little bit more subtle. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. It must give you sort of like, you know, like um, thinking that they're fucking in 120 BPM or something like that. Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's good. You know, I think slower is the better for most of those films. They're kind of like slow and like, yeah, disassociative. Yeah, and they remind me as, as well of, you know, they definitely take a kind of more of a, a cinematic approach as well. Like they, you know, I, I sort of feel elements of like Cronenberg when I'm watching them as well, and, and that yeah. kind of like body horror kind of element. Were they influenced? Because I know film is a really important part of your makeup as well. Were, were these kind of quite big influences for you? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, Cronenberg's huge. Crash is one of my favorite films, mm. so that was like sort of a no no brainer. Um, I was definitely trying to channel that Howard Shore score mm. when I first started out, but then when I got into it, I was like, there's no way I can touch what he did. So I had to just like start from scratch. Yeah. I think that's quite often the way with inspiration, isn't it? Where we, we sort of have like an idea of like the things that we're into or, and then you sort of leave that after a while and you enter into your own terrain. Yeah. I mean, it's like still definitely a learning experience for me you know i'm new to this so like i'm not sure what i'm capable of so you know i'll set you know goals and like set references and you know i'll try to achieve them sometimes i can sometimes i can i gotta sort of um reframe things yeah and, and like the theme of the two films is kind of body meets machine and i feel that feels particularly apt with looking into your music generally as well anyway that there's this sort of real connection between the kind of warmth that you get from it's kind of like a contradiction in a way between like the kind of warmth that you get from analog textures and arpeggiations and and the idea that basically it is is machine music as well you know mm -hmm. is that is that something that sort of has interested you the sort of combination of just humanity and machine in music I mean, it definitely interests me. Um, I think the reason I use synthesizers, though, is just out of necessity. Mm. Um, like acoustic instruments, I like don't have the technical chops to pick, you know, pick up a violin and lay down something. But the computer is something that sort of like saved me as an artist. Like if I didn't have this technology, I don't think I would be making music. Yeah, and 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 going back to the beginning, is that was there like a point where you first connected with with uh, synthesizers and computers and and saw that as being a a way to make to express yourself? Yeah, I I've had a synth in high school um, that I just like found in like the band room. It was like this old Roland synth MC three hundred three that just has like a bunch of samples of kind of the whole like line of Roland synths, so lots of iconic sounds on it but in a little box and i just remember like finding a patch on that and like holding it down and like finding like the cutoff filter and just sweeping that and realizing like oh wow that's like an entire song that's like an entire composition and that's something i hadn't experienced before because all my friends were like in bands like rock bands they could all play their instruments and i couldn't couldn't do that so i was like oh well music's not for me but then when i found that i was like oh I, I, I'm going to keep messing around with this, but like in a very like secretive way. Right. So you kept it kind of pro quite private for a while. Oh yeah, definitely. It was like yeah. something I did. I was, I was in a film. I went to film mm. school and I was like, wanted to make music for my films, you know, so that the emphasis wasn't on music, but then slowly I was just like working on music in the background and it kind of became the priority. And so this was back in Massachusetts. Yeah. 
I went to high school in Massachusetts. I um I moved to Austin when I was 18 for a couple of years and then mm. eventually went to college in Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. And so so this was what, like maybe how long ago was this that you, you were kind of discovering this? Um so I really started messing around with music probably like 2009. Yeah. And so you're saying like friends were more into bands and was this something that was like more your background as well and kind of what were the bands and what was the scene like at the time? I mean, in high school, I feel like, yeah, just like indie rock was like very, very big. People were in bands like, I don't know, that sounded like Modest Mouse. And mm. I was definitely into that, but it wasn't like something I could recreate. Um, I got into like hip hop too, like lots of like kind of golden age hip hop, like Mob Deep and like Wu-Tang Clan and like wanted to make beats. And that was like sort of my entryway. I was like, I'm going to make beats. Yeah, um, yeah. And that like kind of started me on my like, yeah. Um, journey through like synthesizers yeah because i mean i think because i used to make music and i think my introduction and I, I was making electronic music as well and and it was a similar kind of thing where i i can't, came from a band background and like rock background but finding synths and like samplers and computers was was a way that i felt like i could actually get a sound that i wanted you know I, i've never really been bothered about being a virtuoso or you know i don't think I've, I've got the application or the or the skill to to kind of go to that level and i never really wanted to you know but what about you because you know also like boy harshest music and your music is very sort of in a lot of ways it's very pure it's like stripped to the essence of the sounds and the melodies that you use is it was that always something that you kind of felt that you wanted to stick to and you know or or are there plans to sort of go vangelis at some point do you reckon i mean like minimalism has always been like mm. something that just makes sense to me like i can't wear more than a couple colors at the same time like just too much noise just kind of confuses me mm. so well, yeah when i'm writing a song i just like want to hear those elements i just want like everything to sort of fit and like if i'm stacking too many tracks it just like just makes me like kind of anxious yeah. <laughs> yeah um and how did you meet jay yeah so jay was in film school with me um she was in the graduate program i was an under undergrad undergraduate program at a film school down there and she was like sort of like a hot shot producer on campus she was like putting up this film um that i saw flyers for like in the in the in the classroom um so I actually applied for a, a film she was working on as I was trying to get into production design back then. So I applied to be the art director on her film. Mm. Um, and we sort of just hit it off. Like we just had like really similar tastes and yeah, we started working together. Yeah. And um, did the idea for the kind of sound kind of come about immediately or was that just through playing around? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it was sort of the sounds I was making i was like messing around with um i mean sort of like the minimal synth thing was almost an accident like i was like getting kind of into the noise-based techno stuff at the time it was like a really cool time for electronic music at least in like the states back then it was like all these like noise people started putting like beats behind sort of their noise sets and that like I thought was really cool because I loved going to nose shows and just like hearing like wall of sound four track sets. 
but then you like introduced like a drum machine to that. And I was just like, wow, this is so powerful and so raw. Mm. Um, but then I started working with Jay and it was like, well, we need to add like a melodic element to that. So it was just like about adding a slight melody to sort of like these like noisy techno songs. Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of people kind of talk about the kind of EBM textures or the sounds and yeah you know that there is like a sort of you know whether it's conscious or not you know i do get pictures of a kind of uh cold wave and ebm is that some sometimes like you know when when people talk about people music that other people have made you know like as in people like me or critics or journalists we sort of describe it to stuff and it might not actually be accurate to like what you were listening to but what was where where you kind of like digging the kind of body music and the ebm at the same time or is that something that kind of came about just through other people making that connection yeah i was into it a little bit i mean i was like aware of it you know i like bands like daff i like mm. bands like suicide and i think those were kind of touchstones for us but like since someone like compared us to like ebm band um that's like when i started digging and started sort of started finding more and more music mm. and that there is a real connection with that music and and punk as well i think and i i, I kind of get like a real punk feeling from your music as well that it is so stripped down and it kind of get just gets to the essence of of stuff as well and you know you have your own label as well you and jay have your own label yeah. uh nude club and and, and you know the whole idea of doing stuff DIY, you know, is is that which is very punk in itself. Is is that quite an influence on you to kind of kind of keep things DIY and and raw like that? I think so. I mean, we we started out so small, and we didn't really know what we were doing. So I'm sort of happy it took this pace because we sort of learned everything in real time, but the stakes were super low. It's not like mm. we were thrust onto a big stage it's like we could sort of find ourselves and discover ourselves as it was developing yeah i mean i think we're at another level now and i'm i'm looking at like what the other alternatives are and sort of weighing what the pros and cons are yeah well it must be nice not to i mean I think sometimes people, when they're pushed into the limelight too quickly or their, their careers are accelerated too quickly, it can be a little bit of a weird thing. You know, it's sort of, you have to kind of, you know, it's like being off kilter a bit. Some people really rise to it, but were you quite glad that, you know, you, you, you know, there has been this kind of ascendance, but that it's, it, like you say, it has gone at a pace that has been maybe manageable. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's never been a time where we like wrote music because we're like, oh, this will, hit a wider audience like we've always done things like this is we like the way this sounds you know we mm. like the way this looks this is like the vibe we're trying to put out there and I'm, I'm i'm just happy we did it that way yeah yeah i mean it's got to come from what you feel otherwise it's just meaningless really isn't it i mean that's music for me it's like has mm. to be sincere it has to be genuine like that's what powerful music is and if you're like faking any part of it then it's just like I think people can tell right away and it's just off. Yeah. And I think you have to kind of be prepared for the failure as well. You know, as long as you're being genuine, then it's not really, I don't really consider anything that's a f that's genuine a failure to the, when we make it ourselves. It's just, that's just the outside world, isn't it really to. Yeah. I mean, that's why I play music. I like, um, want to sort of, it's like, 
almost a journal for me, like me recording a song. It's like putting that, you know, time period into like a capsule and saving it. Yeah. I mean, but and then at the same time as that, like, I mean, I first became aware of Boy Harsha, for example, with the track Pain. And, you know, I, li- I live in Berlin and I did sort of feel like there was this, may- even if it was just an atmosphere or my imagination, like a sort of connection between, you know, the kind of darkness of and techno of Berlin um, and, th- you know, the kind of... T- textures that you were using you and jay were using um and and the, the the track became a bit of an anthem really was that was that a surprise when it did yeah definitely i mean we released that song on a cassette edition of 69 copies we went on tour we played like basements and then like a year later someone like uploaded it on youtube and it started getting some traction um so yeah it continues to amaze me like how far that song's gone yeah yeah and do you do you ever listen to old stuff back or is it always about moving on or no i definitely do i i Mm. like you know i i write my music for me it's like something i like so i i definitely like to check in on it i mean i've listened to it thousands of times between recording it mixing it mastering it playing it so it's just like but yeah I, i definitely go back and sort of reference it especially as i'm working on a new album i'm just like trying to channel it it's a reference you know at this point if you're Mm. looking at like a mood board if you know for a new album this is is obviously a a part of that yeah yeah that's that's kind of interesting isn't it because some people just never listen but there was that old thing about scott walker would like spend years on an album listen to it once in the studio and then never listen to it again afterwards (laughs) and I, i definitely respect that kind of way of doing things yeah, I mean, if he's got the confidence to know it's just mm. like a smash hit, hearing it that one time. But like the only way I know it's good is if I can listen to it so many times. Like I yeah. need to keep listening to it over and over again. And if I can like take it to the next step, start mixing it, it's like okay, I know there's something in this track. Yeah, yeah, and and also the film, the runner as well. Um, I mean, obviously, because you know you both met at film school, and film has always been such an important integral part of what you do um would you even say that film came before music for you oh yeah definitely Mm. and um so how did the idea of the runner come about well i think it was like beginning at what was it like you know end of 2020 like no one knows if shows are coming back everyone's like grasping at straws live streams are really hot everyone's doing a live stream you know we're talking about doing a live stream um and that we were just sort of spitballing on the idea of a live stream because slowly live streams became less and less a live stream like Mm. they were like first live and then they were pre-recorded and then they were like edited really well and then they just like the production value kept going higher and higher on them so we're like well let's just make like a live stream that's also like a film and then it just sort of became you know, like a narrative film with some, a little bit of uh, performance in it. I mean, we started carving less and less of the performance out of it as the project expanded. Yeah. And and does that lead you to the future? Do you, you know, do you have like future film ideas that you want to develop? Oh yeah. hundred percent. That's something we're definitely working on. It's just like a whole other, you know, realm, you know, you need a million dollars to make a movie. You need like, it's just a, it's a much bigger, yeah. 
event. So we're putting that, you know, we're putting some effort behind that, but it could take time. Yeah. And, and what would you, what would you sort of, you know, cause so much of what you've done has come from like a DIY background and, you know, you've carved this way that is, is very kind of unique and very singular, you know, um, what would you sort of say to, you know, perhaps people that are like 10, 15 years younger than you that are kind of maybe like you 10, 15, maybe 15 years ago that are kind of, you know, like maybe aren't playing the say, I don't think so many people are playing guitars anymore, but you know what I mean? That aren't feeling like they're perhaps compatible to do, to enter the music industry or like fuck the music industry, but like, uh, but, you know, like not feeling perhaps confident to go and make their own artistic statements. Like, what would you say were the things that sort of helped you that you could pass on to other people that are, you know, in that point now? Yeah, I I mean, I think you just need to follow what you're motivated to do. You know, mm-hmm. for me, making music was something I could do on a Friday night when everyone went at, everyone else went out to a party. Like, I would have a great time just going home and like, making music so like find what that is like what isn't a chore what isn't work and invest in that and just sort of follow whatever you're motivated in yeah and it does seem to be like from what you're saying as well about like the you know loving listening to your music that there's no point necessarily in doing anything unless you're you just actually love it i think sometimes we feel like we're pushing ourselves to do stuff but when we actually do it we don't really enjoy it you know um you seem to like enjoy every stage of it yeah i mean it's a full-time job now so it's just Mm -hmm. like now i'm i still follow that philosophy you know if i don't feel like writing music someday i'll you know work on my dj playlists or i'll work on some design or if all else fails i'll try to watch a film or like listen to some other music just like trying to stay you know productive in some way Okay, so that was me, Paul Hamford, talking with Augustus Muller for Lost and Sound podcast. We had that conversation on September the 26th, 2023. Cellulose Bodies, the soundtrack, is out now on on Boy Harsha's own Nude Club label. And yes, thank you so much, Augustus, for sort of, for, for having a chat with me. Thank you so much. Kate Price for arranging that chat. And yes, Lost and Sound is sponsored by Audio Technica. Audio Technica, a global but still family run company that make headphones, turntables, cartridges, microphones, studio quality yet affordable products because they believe that high quality audio should be accessible to all. Um, so wherever you are in the world, head on over to audiotechnica.com. My book, Coming to Berlin, is available in all good bookshops and via. The publisher, Velocity Press's website, and thanks to Tom Giddens. Tom Giddens does the music you hear at the beginning at the end of every episode of Lost and Sound. But most of all, thanks to you. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you're having a really, really lovely day. And yeah, chat to you soon. <laughs>